Today's guest is Adnan Boz, an experienced entrepreneur, business strategy expert, artificial intelligence practitioner, and Stanford Continuing Studies instructor. Adnan has gained practical experience in bridging the gap between business, engineering, and science through his tenure at companies like Yahoo, eBay, and NVIDIA. We talked about the underlying mechanisms behind systems like ChatGPT and BARD, as well as the rise of AI songs and music, and the future projection of how AI is set to affect people in the workforce. So I really hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you do, please feel free to leave five stars on Apple Podcasts. Thank you. I think that's a good place to start. What are what are the underlying mechanisms? Like, how do these systems work? Thank you, Arsh. This is an interesting question. I guess a lot of people are curious, especially people who are not in that in that field. Uh, so first thing to understand is these models are generative. So in previously we had a lot of different machine learning models. They were generative, and generative means they can they can predict the next next whatever it is right in it could be image or it could be word and specifically for chat gpt or similar language models we are thinking of to to predict the next next character uh, but specifically chat gpt we are trying to predict the next token so what's going to come that means that means you give it a text you start talking maybe then you stop you say okay uh, i give it to you now and you predict the rest and it it does that pretty much and it does that in a way, in an interesting way, because this is not new, right? Generative algorithms were there. Uh, transformers, uh, in fact, Google, uh, Google, uh, Google researchers find that, found it, uh, created architecture. Uh, but the reason transformer models work so well now is because now we can throw a lot of data on it and and compute in a viable fashion or actually in a cost-effective fashion. Uh, I mean, if you would try to do the uh, I don't know, three, four years ago, maybe you would have to pay tens of millions of dollars. Although uh, I think there is a, they talked about a number that it costs one, one generate one iteration costs like $3 million. Right now you can do it for $30. So there are a lot of examples how to do it even on your machine. So that was the main issue. Now we are here that the computation power is here. The data is here. And we can we can train these algorithms, and basically it just guesses the guesses the next character, and in fact the next character or token. In fact, there are really simple uh, bigram models, not these deep learning models, but more bigram language models that that can predict the next character. That's what we call the character-based models. And those are really good examples you can find on the internet, or you can ask ChatGPT to explain you how bigram models work or language, uh, large language models work. The the large part makes it really, uh, really understand a lot of things. And uh, and it was a surprise actually for a lot of people, including the researchers who invented it. Um, and uh, the, the reason is that once, once you start training uh, large language models, uh, after a while, it starts actually being able to generate things which you didn't put in the original, original training data, right? So you start, if for example, you trained it, uh, let's assume you trained it with cooking data as a chef, let's say you gave a lot of recipes, then uh, you put so many recipes in there, imagine, then it starts actually understanding law. That kind of very interesting behavior is built into into those language models. This is actually also the danger, right? Uh, And that's why it gives very interesting answers sometimes, but most of the time it can literally what we call generalize. It can, it can 
take something which wasn't in this in its training data and it can give a uh, give give results a lot of people may have this question you know how do these systems or models or interactive uh let's call them tools how do they impact people in the workforce um and mm -hmm. from your standpoint you've been involved in this for many years how do you see this kind of evolving without making a prediction i know you said you're not into making predictions but how do you see the general sort of evolution and how do you see it affecting people in the workforce yeah that's a, that's another great question arch so you know ai is not new and as you know I, i've been working on it at least I'm, i am working on it since 2010 11 and people have been working on it for maybe more more time so and companies have been using it, especially large tech companies in Silicon Valley since since a long time in recommendation other things. Uh, so the we always had these smaller models, right? When I when I was working at Yahoo, we had this NLP pipeline, maybe fifty steps. Uh, think about it: fifty small small models come together and be able to do translation, maybe right, or do other NLP. Uh, NLP kind of oper NLP operations uh, on the on the news or or other text data we have at Yahoo, and uh, and it was because it was very specific small small models. Uh, everybody right now at work when they when they have a problem they just pull one uh, I don't know pull a solution related to a model let's say classification and then they use it. Uh, I don't know maybe it's a regression about scoring something they use it and it was very very specific to that to that specific task and you had to kind of fill the things around or you may have to glue uh, multiple models together so the job of the of uh, of the human here was being able to find these different technologies different machine learning models or train them with data scientists and then create a bigger solution so you can provide the solution to your customers at value now foundational models is different so these all these uh, GPT and other things, what we call is foundational models. So foundational models is just one big model. Instead of having these small, small, small uh, pieces of models, you have this one big model. It also covers the gaps between the solution of these different models. So you have now one big foundation model. It doesn't just uh, classify, I don't know, your emails as spam or not as spam. It can also reply to emails. I think about it. Like it generalizes so much that uh, that it covers a lot of different use cases. Now it even covers the use cases where things connect to each other, right? And and we've seen this with uh, latest what what people do with ChatGPT. They have these now uh, plugins. You can you can say something. It goes search the internet, brings it, or you tell it to do something. It goes orders a pizza, right? If you think those are really multi-step tasks. Other, you could do in the past only if you would actually, I don't know, 10 different machine models combined with some code and like uh, and a product around. Now we, we actually don't need to do that. So if you think of everybody working in the industry is working with these AI models, they had to, they had the role to to actually create this context and after use these different models now they don't have to do that you you pretty much have to just think of the value you're adding to your customer and then and then go find one foundational model maybe fine-tune it uh, there is a term now named fine-tuning to make it actually work specific in a domain and maybe fine-tune it but at the end of the day you don't spend so much time on different pieces and glue those pieces so with that 
a lot of technical roles, I think, uh, at the engineering level, at the data science level, will be bumped up one level higher in terms of human human intelligence and wisdom. So what we talk, what we think, what we always talk about this uh, DIKW uh, pyramid, uh, which is the data knowledge. In, sorry, data information knowledge than wisdom on top, right? So we are kind of pushing the envelope of where human is involved a little more higher because now data information and knowledge is being handled by these foundational models. So any, anybody working in the technical field will need to uh, will need to adopt to it and most probably not going to spend too much time on the details. Like uh, it, it even generates code, right? If you look at uh, GitHub Copilot, or uh, AWS has another one uh, called Whisper, I think. And if you use this, you don't even have to look at code. So the low-level functionality, low-level tasks are all offloaded to, to the AI now. Now you have to go one level higher and think, okay, what can I add as human, uh, add value as human? Uh, similarly, any other job, uh, if you're in content writing, and now you don't have to do maybe grammar check, review those kind of things, or look at the tone, right? You can just use one of these uh, solutions. Or if you're in finance, uh, maybe you don't have to spend so much time of analyzing maybe, let's say, 10,000 companies, but you still have to analyze maybe after filtering, uh, you may have to analyze more high-level companies where you can add value. So uh, that's, what, that's what we see all the time. And if you go back historically, that's, that's always what happened as well. Like uh, we offloaded these low, uh, at some point tasks became low-level tasks. I don't want to say... They were always low-level tasks, but there are tasks which turned into low-level tasks and we offloaded it to the machine, right? And then we didn't care actually what happened there. Uh, at 30 years ago, we used to actually care about the chip, the CPU, the board. I mean, I would literally solder things on the board. And now, uh, I, honestly, I, I don't even know what's in my laptop. But, so I, I offloaded that part to pretty much that automations and those uh, production, which is today done with robots, right? Uh, so in that sense, I think everybody has to look into look to their job. So I even posted something about this. Uh, there's this five-step framework. Uh, so first of all, uh, you have to be present, right? Uh, it's the first step. Uh, present means you cannot just close your eyes and say there's nothing happening. It, it is happening right now. AI was there, but suddenly it's, it has its iPhone moment. So it's gonna change a lot of things. And first, be present. And uh, second, actually, you have to you have to be aware of what's happening. Uh, you have to study a little. You have to in your domain, of course. You have to understand what's happening, and you have to read about it. And I suggest everybody to read at least a couple hours a day, because if you if you read two, if you learn two hours a day, it's gonna make uh, sixty hours a month. It's gonna make uh, three hundred sixty uh, hours in a, in six months, right? Uh, so compared to 10,000 hours, you know, there's this 10,000 hour term it, to be professional something. It's still low. It's not going to make you professional in that area, but it will give you the, the benefit for the third step, right? And and third step, you have to uh, you have to change your uh, change something in your operating model. So that applies to companies as well as applies to individuals. So that means uh, you have to figure out what is what is being disrupted right now in my business. So if I'm a content writer, what is the biggest change in content writing, right? Maybe grammar check. So if I'm a software engineer, what is the biggest impact right now? Maybe that is 
code generation. Uh, so everybody has to ask themselves in their industry, what is being disrupted right now? And then adapt to it, right? Uh, and you have to adapt to it right away with some patchy. You don't have actually six months to study this. You, you have maybe weeks or one month. So in one month, try to adapt to it. Uh, try to put it into your value proposition. So uh, put it on your resume, learn about it, uh, try it out, right? Get the training in, in one month. Then the second step is uh, change pretty much uh, the way you uh, the way you operate. It's it, the first step will actually buy you time. Uh, the second step, uh, sorry, the third step will buy you time. The fourth step uh, will allow you to actually implement it in in longer term. For for a person, you can actually go take a course maybe or uh, add that skill to your skill set in its six months or a one year time frame, and then. At the last step, it's a fifth step. You will be able to uh, tell that you're an expert in it. Right? That, that is the point where you go to the market and say, hey, I'm expert. You, you can be hired on that topic at that point. So I have it on my post LinkedIn post about this five step. I can also give it to you. You can put it under your, you know, uh, into the link part. AI songs are going viral on TikTok, Instagram. And a lot of people are kind of understanding, at least from the consumer slash viewer end of the equation, what mm -hmm. AI is capable of. Um, there's a very popular artist by the name of Drake, and there's an AI song of his that racked up millions of views, um, and then it got taken down by the record label. So that to me is fascinating, and I'd be curious to hear your perspective and thoughts on that. Uh, yeah, that happens. Uh, happens right it happens with llms as well uh, people right now there are a couple of companies in trouble because they used data to train their algorithms and as i mentioned these algorithms requires a lot of data right I mean, it, it is using a little data doesn't give that get doesn't give the same result so using little data is even the total useless from uh, uh, to make a uh, some application that you can sell now because of that, you need a lot of data, and companies kind of maybe took the shortcut to uh, to collect this data. Because today you can go literally pay for it to collect the data, whatever that data that is, and you go with the labeling companies and data collection companies, and you may pay I don't know tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars to collect that data. Uh, of course, there's this research community site, right, where they collect the data, or you can search the internet, you can download the whole internet, scrape the internet. In fact, uh, ChatGPT uses web crawl, and that's like a crawl data set. They use also Wikipedia, and Wikipedia is also uh, belongs to Wikipedia.org, right? And they have these different, different data sources. And the problem arises because none of these people really allowed, allowed the data to be used. So the laws are a little vague in terms of what happens uh, to legal rights when your when a data is modified multiple times and used to train some intelligence some intelligence right so it, it it's not that that data ends up uh, it is, that data is exactly being exposed at the end of the ai solution but the data is being actually given to, to the uh, to the machine learning algorithm during training so it can learn these things and then it can start generating so technically it is really not copying anything 
it is learning than anything. It's like human, right? We learn. I don't know. I I listen to some music. Next thing, I can actually sing. Start singing like that. Kind of, and I'm influenced about that, right? Uh, it's a similar situation, but uh, of course, today uh, we have great uh, content providers. So in general, that's that's artists or content providers, right, on both sides, uh, and it it won't be fair to them, right? It won't be fair to them to to actually copy them and use it as something uh, use it something to maybe get high clicks or maybe uh, create some viral video right and i mean as long as they're 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 not uh, they're okay of course that's okay but uh, think about it somebody's creating your ai and creating this conversation like we're doing here right now and starts, I don't know, collecting ads on YouTube or selling it similarly. I mean, what what would you feel about it? Because this is this is what you're trying to do. This is this is what you represent. And suddenly there is a copy of you. Uh, and the the biggest problem is it's anonymity. So there is somebody behind of this, right? And the face is definitely not the person. And maybe the person is totally anonymous, totally hidden. You don't even know who's doing this. And there is always some motivation, right? And it, Honestly, a lot of these things are money driven. So somebody is doing something to earn money, utilizing other people to, to earn money. And I think that is the non-ethical part uh, to me, like using using uh, famous people or using like good content or using using anything possible available on the internet to uh, to actually increase your uh, increase your con um, content clicks or whatever they, they're after. And that's why they had to take it down because laws are there. Laws are not missing. If you use actually an image from Getty Images, you put it on your website and I can guarantee you one week later, some lawyer will call you and or they won't even call. They will just uh, either send a takedown or they will send you a bill that or they will sue you. So it is, it's, it's that level. But when you put something into the AI model, uh, they cannot scrape it. So how it works is that they these lawyers constantly scrape the internet and then they uh, look for their content, if it is there or not. Could be music, could be sound, could be image. And then uh, and then when, once the system catches one of them, then they take legal actions. So with AI, it's not that easy because maybe you use that image to train your model and the model just was influenced about it. It's really not... Uh, not the exact output, then you cannot catch these things unless, of course, somebody makes Drake Drake's song and puts it up there and becomes viral. Then you obviously know that uh, it is it's fake. But uh, there are a lot of people, most probably doing a lot of uh, using a lot of content copying that even uh, flies under the radar. Nobody even sees it. So the smart smarter thing to do would be to train the model with the best artists, music, cadence, lyrics, and then record it in your own voice. I think the <laughs> the best thing would be to you know these models are generic right uh, because they're foundational it's not really domain specific so the best thing would be actually go collaborate with those uh, songwriters or collaborate with those artists to create a domain specific train a domain specific model I mean you could actually maybe uh, collaborate with one of these artists or singers to create something very specific then go and release that with collaboration. And I, I bet that will bring actually much more value 
not just to the uh, not just to the person who's doing it also to the artist as well as the fans of those artists and you know it is much more easier to market something if the artist is behind the original artist right and i very much appreciate your insight um and your time please let everybody know where they can find you where they can learn more about what you do um, and learn more from you ai product institute is my website but i use my linkedin profile page adnan boss together and i can share the link with you and i post everything there that is my main social media page